and um, and then you said call me and gave gave us your phone number. So we called you, and we were like, "What the heck?" <laughs> like we didn't expect anyone to bite, and so and then we had a conversation. We became you invited us to play. podcast about the largest Beatles music festival in the U.S., Abbey Road on the River, celebrating our 20th anniversary, May 26th to 30th, 2022. I'm Melissa, one of the organizers of the festival, and I'll be talking about all things Abbey Road on the River, held every Memorial Day weekend in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Whether you're new to Abbey Road on the River or you're a festival regular, if you love the Beatles as much as we do, you're in the right place. This is Something Will Happen. Something Will Happen. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Melissa, and I'm here with Gary Jacob, the producer of Abbey Road on the River. Hey, Gary. Hello, Melissa. Hi. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing good. good. How are you? I'm well. You know, the event's in, well, by the time this airs, the event will probably be on, but as we speak, <laughs> It'll be the in, a week or in two. three weeks, and yeah. feeling a little bit. Stressed out directions. yet? <laughs> I pulled in a lot of directions, I guess. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Why don't we turn the tables today? You've been doing all these podcasts. I think you've done 16 or 17 with We've band done members, a lot. staff, yeah. Emily. You've had some incredible podcasts. I hope all of our fans have listened to a few of them because they really are interesting and I you're a great interviewer. Thank you. Everybody likes your whole interviewing style, but I thought I would try and fill in here now today mm-hmm. and maybe interview you and let people learn a little bit more about you. Yeah. How you wound up at Abbey Road on the River, what you do at Abbey Road on the River. Right, because I started, when we started the podcast, I guess I didn't really introduce myself. Well, in that introduction, it says I'm one of the organizers of Abbey Road, but people don't really know who I am. And what is an organizer? Oh man, that's a big question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we're we're all orga- organizers, you know, our full staff, all the other uh, bonus podcasts that have come out about the staff. We're all we're all organizing some aspect of the festival. You just have to keep good notes and follow through. That's yeah, that's all you got to do. Yeah, exactly. Melissa, um, yes, you are from where? <laughs> I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, your family's from Madison, Wisconsin. They've yes. been there for a long time. We're all from Wisconsin, of some, some, somewhere in Wisconsin. Yes. And uh, you have been a Beatles fan, like most of your life, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I got into the Beatles when I was mm, 10, 10, 11, 12, When my, I think my mom would play like this old. Um, tape in the van. Actually, it wasn't that old. I think it was either the red or white compilation album. <laughs> those are great albums. No, the white. Yeah, I guess red those came blue. out in the seventies. The red and blue. Yeah, not the red and white. <laughs> the red and blue. So, but and Melissa, then, you are thirty something. So that just to put for our listeners to know that you know you're you came to the Beatles after they had already, well, obviously in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, in the nineties for sure. And they were still bigger than ever, and they're bigger than ever now. Kind of. I don't know. I didn't know a lot of people in my school who were who were listening to them. But I think when the 
anthology came out, that's when I really got into it because there wasn't really the internet at that time. So we were just, I was just reading this huge anthology book and listening to the tapes. Yeah. And that was like, I was just reading everything about them. And you started going to the Fest for Beatles fans when you were young, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I think my dad saw some ad in the paper magazine or something and we drove down for a day and that was crazy that was i mean that's funny talking to you as a another beatles <laughs> event organizer but that was like amazing how i realized there were other beetle fan Be- beetle fans other than myself like in an area that were actually my age too and and all ages it didn't even matter it was just like yeah, oh event, these people get me that event's a bit of a culture you know? shock because yeah there's so much to see, do, and observe. Yeah. The art, the movies, the lectures. It's like to believe that all that's in one place. Is but it was so cool coming from like high school or middle school where people liked the Beatles, but no one was like a huge fan like I was. I kind of forced my friends. Well, I had some friends in middle school, especially who got really into them, but um, I kind of. I think I was the biggest one. I made them go as the Beatles for Halloween one year with me. So that you were was... the nerd. <laughs> I was the nerd. <laughs> yes. So I, I know we'll talk about how you wound up at Abbey Road on the River, but tell us a little bit about what you studied in it, it's in university, and then your career path after school, and how you wound up uh, oh. getting into the music business. Well, that's a good <clears throat> question. Um, yeah. So I went to. UW-Madison and I didn't really have a major for a while until I decided on horticulture yeah that's the that's what I decided on of all the things I think I was a math major I was considering engineering and um, being I wanted to be an airplane pilot for a second and I don't know what else and then I was in theater a little bit and and I was like I can major in theater I was doing a lot of stage all the backstage stuff um but you know I could I didn't think that was a real major so I was like oh real major that's horticulture (laughs) well that is a real major (laughs) I guess so but it's still like it's still not really a common uh, one like biology or I've been around you a few times when you've been able to identify every tree that is in your proximity. It's definitely so stuck definitely with me. Something. Yeah, <laughs> some of it. Although I'm really bad at growing plants, I just I'm better at identifying them. Uh, yeah, and then so yeah, then I after I graduated, I bounced around. I did like I was a waitress, I was a bartender, I worked at dog kennel. I don't know. I was just doing a lot of different things. Oh, and I worked at a couple different offices and doing administrative work and and then my my childhood friend actually one of my middle school beetle friends her family bought this venue this big venue in madison and i reached out after like not talking to her for years and i was like hey i just saw that (laughs) you now own this place and i would love to help out in any way i can and at the time i i had hired a coach I was part of this like coaching camp that was to like te- like get you clear on which direction you want to take in your life 
And one of one of the directions was like being a yoga instructor, which I eventually did. And one was the music industry in some form. And then her family bought this venue. And that's where I was like, oh, wow, this is perfect. I'm going to reach out. And I um, was a ticket taker and a bartender there. And then I there was a opening for to be a runner. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that is, but I probably can do it. And so then I which was essentially just taking um, running errands for the venue and the talent, whichever How band was in there. How long did you do that? I for? was probably runner for three years on and off. I mean, it's kind of a part-time job, you know, it's like um, you only work day of show for, you know, 12 or 15 hours a day. And well, then you could not have a show for another week or two. And so it's but you learned sporadic. The, uh, you learned a lot about backstage. Uh, yeah. Yes. The operation of a show. Yeah, I got to see everything. I was there from load in to load out. Yeah, and I eventually learned settlement and yeah, just it's observing all this production stuff. I yeah. dealt with all the hospitality and setting up green rooms and buying food and all the yeah, it Being was great. Being able to do every job is uh, you know critical to advancement. Or just to I know think. what every job right, does to do. to observe yeah. like. Right. I couldn't get in, I couldn't like help with the stage hands because it's very, it's more dangerous and they're part of a union, but I like would just watch them all load in and Was watch in the, Madison? Yeah, 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 watch the audio techs, the lighting techs and see what they did and what they were doing and they're moving light fixtures and all this little stuff you don't even think about when you come to a show and so, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I saw, I've seen a a ton of shows that I often say even when COVID COVID hit everyone was missing live shows and I was not <laughs> that's, how, that's how many shows I saw where I was like I'm good for a while did you uh, most of the bands who played your venue were up and coming what they call baby bands um or? no we had some big ones we yeah. had um, Marilyn Manson uh, we had some big comedians uh, who do we have? Lewis Black and, you know, Patton Oswalt. And then we, I don't know, we had a ton of, a ton of different bands. Flaming Lips, Run the Jewels. Wow. Um, those are some of the bigger productions that I remember. So lots of people are in the music business and just stay at that level. How do you think, what was it that clicked with you that you wanted to try new things and advance the way you have at Abbey Road on the River, which we'll talk about, but it is uh, not easy to do to get into the festival end of things and then work your way up to co-producing the festival, which you do. Um, tell us a little bit about how you did start with Abbey Road on the River. Yeah, that's a good question. So when I, working at the Orpheum, uh, I had started doing well, do, oh, you want you want the story of how I got into Abbey Road and the River. So I was, I was I was working at the Orpheum at the time, and um, my friend and I had remixed a Beatles song. Is this the story you want? <laughs> we had remixed a Beatles song. Uh, I think it was Hey Jude, and we like added a backbeat. And we thought it sounded really cool, and then we were like this would be awesome to get onto cruise ships and get into festivals. We were like, we're gonna, we could host a big dance party. And so we emailed you, not knowing it at the time that it was you, and 
told told you that we could do a big dance party, and you said, "This is this is every this is exactly this what is I was looking for." <laughs> Not everything, but this is exactly what I was thinking about, or something. You had this idea, and um, and then you said, "Call me," and gave gave us your phone number. So we called you. And we were like, what the heck? <laughs> like, we didn't expect anyone to bite. And so, and then we had a conversation. We became, you invited us to play uh, for the festival. It was in like two months. I think we emailed you in March. What year was that? That was 2015. 2015. And so we got to go down and DJ these dance parties in the Muhammad Ali Center. And... Nice it, was, it was fun, yeah. yeah. We had to get everyone like walking past us to try to dance with us and hype them up for the sixth floor midnight show. Oh, was yeah. that where the midnight shows midnight, were? Yeah, yeah. midnight concerts were on the um, sixth floor. Yeah. We had some big ones. Which were very cool. Yeah, there was yeah. Tommy and Queen. And, oh, boy. Yeah. So much. I yeah. know we're putting together that memory book now with all of those shows and it's just bringing there's back so much I mean memories. you can't even remember can't it all remember it all so um, DJ Sun Queen and DJ Madonna aren't in the book they aren't yeah, <laughs> I'm they just are. kidding their are. name is yeah so you um, that didn't really so work out yeah. as, a, as, a, as a regular gig with us mm-hmm. but as I recall I went on our Facebook chat room and said does anybody know somebody who would want to do our social media it was specifically it was. Instagram. Oh, it was Instagram? Yes. No, but where did I write it in that chat room? You were, I think it was in the chat room, yeah. And I asked if somebody knew Instagram. Yeah, okay. yeah. And then I emailed you, and I I, we had not met. the person who tells me that they can do Instagram, <laughs> they're hired. Well, you didn't even get back to me. I emailed you, and I was like, I would be perfect for this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I have a family member who works in digital media marketing, and I know all this stuff, and I... Didn't, I mean, I knew some stuff, but if you could recall that email right now, <laughs> would, yeah, I know I should look at like it. To? I well, I emailed you a couple times to follow up because I, I really looking, wanted to do it. I today looked at uh, the first emails I received from another staffer, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just kept going back and back and back. And it's fun to see the original email yeah. from when you meet people, and they call you or you know tell you that they'd like to work for the festival mm-hmm. because we go back. You know, I can I can find emails, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old with people. Yeah. So uh, I should look for the email that you you sent. I yeah. don't think I ever have. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. But then, but, and oh, then oh, you oh, were oh, like, so the email was about the social media. It was right? about the Instagram. Right. And then you were like, we then we talked on the phone, and I had to reintroduce myself. I think I did. I did meet you, the following year after we were DJs. Yeah. I met you in sixteen. Just informally, I came as a fan. I don't think you remember did that because everyone talks to you. Or did you sneak I in? I did. No, okay. I didn't sneak in. <laughs> okay, we bought it. I I bought it with Jesse, uh, the my DJ counterpart, yeah. and for one of the Christmas sales. So was I that remember. The zombies year. That was the zombies year. Right. Okay. So moving on. So I, we then made this decision to move to Jefferson. But you were oh, no. But you were like. What we really need is a spokesperson for the event. Uh, you wanted someone to talk on video yes. about the about these deals and things that are happening and blah blah blah. So then I gave and clearly you a you like to talk. And <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> for people who know me, I don't really like to talk. Well, you're on radio all the time. So. <laughs> I know. Um, 
right. So then, then Abbey Rhodes was born. Abbey Rhodes was cool. Yeah. And then, but I took all these videos from my van and yeah. yeah and then oh, you did that really well. People enjoyed but it. But as I picked up more other things that kind of fell by the wayside as, as much. So over the years, as I was doing more. Well, you know, for me, it's been uh, producing the event and, and managing, keeping so many balls in the air. I've yeah. always been looking for somebody that would be able to share responsibilities with me. I don't want to say equally, but pretty close to equally. And, and you just, over the years, kept proving that if I gave you more responsibilities, you were... I don't know if you were willing to do it, but you did it, and you did it well. <laughs> I was willing to do yeah. it, and I like, I like doing that stuff. You know, it is it is helpful to have multiple eyes on those balls that are in the air. <laughs> it would be uh, fun to. I know it's it puts you on the spot. Anytime people say, "So what do you do at the event? What's your actual job?" Because it did start with the social media and Abbey Roads, and then we moved to Jeffersonville, but. You know, if we fast forward to the last three years, because this this isn't just you this year. You've been, you know, fronting major parts of the festival since 18. Eight, yeah, yeah, well, 19. Well, 19 for well, sure. Yeah. Not, you know, but it is. And then certainly you carried the water during COVID quite a bit mm -hmm. with the virtual well, All shows. the virtual stuff. Yeah. And then the John Lennon 80 in October yeah. 2020 was all me. Right. Yes, it was, it was all, all me. I'll take all, all the credit you. for that. I remember saying, you do it. I don't want to do it. But it's, um, you know, you clearly have a knack for it. And the uh, all the team and the customers and the bands, you have a great relationship with bands. And you can speak their language because you've been in the business, you know, for many years. Yeah. You, know, you work with And bands. I'm a musician. And yeah. you're a musician. And I've worked with bands for years. Yeah. yeah so uh, I don't want to talk about us yet, the festival, but... Tell us about your musical, your as a musician. I'm sorry I didn't get into that yet. No, I thought it would have come up because when I was uh, when I was getting into the Beatles, I wanted to learn guitar because of George Harrison. I was so, like, he was my favorite Beatle at the time. Yeah, but before that, I learned piano and cello growing up in like fourth grade, and then I learned guitar in middle school because of George Harrison. So. Yeah, and then from there, in college, I joined a band um, that needed a bass player, so then I learned bass, and then I also taught myself the violin in, col in the college orchestra, because I don't, I don't remember why. I, oh, I had a violin at home, and I always wanted to learn it, so I have a knack for learning new things. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a job that... It has that as the job title? I guess it's producer. <laughs> yeah. um, you're in several bands now still, you don't, aren't you? Yes, yeah. And I'm in a, a band called the Pepperland Rockestra right. out of Chicago. We met Beatles at the band. Fest for Beatles fans. Yeah. yeah. Um, we just threw this band together really quickly and won the Battle of the Bands wow. that they I have. I didn't know you won it. You didn't know we won it? I yeah. Don't know. Maybe I did. I, Maybe. That's okay. I'd like to book them. No, it was. Um, Johnny had deal right now, dude. Let's do it, dude. Okay. <laughs> so just for anybody listening, I've just been called dude by my coworker. I call everyone dude. Okay. I mostly call the dog dude, the uh, dog. So um, yeah, Johnny and the band are great, right? 
Yeah, so Johnny, yeah, Johnny had posted on this Facebook group, like, he wanted some strings for this. He had signed up for the Battle of the Bands, and he wanted string players. And we, like, Danny Donuts, along with a couple other people, found, like, everyone. And we put together this quartet to go along with this, and... Um, oh, you were the string quartet? Yeah, yeah. And, well, we had two viola players and one violin, which we still do, but... Um, we rehearsed one time in a hotel room and we played later that day and we won playing uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, that yeah. love version that yeah. has the strings. Wow. Um, and I, he had like an amazing uh, guitarist who like did the whole solo and he was amazing. So Is that person still in the band? He's not, no, no but he was just in that one time. I think but. I saw a tape of your Christmas show or a show you did with them a few months ago and it was great. Yeah, we did a George Harrison. Oh, right. Were we it part of that George Harrison birthday, birthday right. show? Yes. yes. So, um, so, is it okay if I talk about some of the other things that you do in the entertainment business? So uh, that we don't, sure. You are an impressionist and a comedian. I am, yes, an impressionist. I like that. I say impersonator, and although I don't know the difference. Oh, well, I guess. You're but yes. An impressionist impersonator. That I picked that up during COVID. Yes. Well, no, that happened before COVID. But well, um, who are some of the characters that you in, do impressions of? That's a good question. I do Elvis. I do Wayne Campbell and Garth Algar, Rachel Maddow, Sonny and Cher. Who else? I don't know. I feel like there's more. Vince Neil of uh, Motley Crue. Yeah. Done him. Well, you have a knack for voices. I guess so, yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot to do some Rachel Maddow on your own <laughs> podcast, but she is in the news the last uh, She is in the, the news, yes. So uh, would you, uh, if I were to ask you a question, <laughs> as Rachel Maddow, would you? <laughs> yeah, we should do a panel. Would you, would you answer it? Um, sure, okay, I'm okay. going to get into it. I will try to okay. say, you know, right now, Rachel, there's a lot of uh, conversation about Roe v. Wade being overturned. I know that's a sensitive subject, but um, what do you think of that? Well, I gotta just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard because her voice. I I do like my voice, yeah. but with the look, yeah, I look like her. Yeah. Um, no, you do her but, voice. I've heard. Yeah, you. I know. Yeah, I haven't done her in so long that I'm like. It's, uh... Well, it's just a shame what's happening to the world, and <laughs> I don't know what she says. She always says. Um, um, what did she say? Yeah, Thank you, my friend. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank so you. The thing about uh, when she goes to break, she tears yeah, oh, what? No, right. she says, like, watch the space. Right. Um, no, stay with us. What does she say? Oh, my I gosh. Know. I haven't You're done her in so long. She was on break for so long. Melissa, she was, um, yes. you... Um, Ask me another one. I, okay, well, <laughs> Cher, what do you think of Sunny? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> He's short. Well, he's, sh he's short for one thing. That's a little Elvisy and Cher. I haven't yeah. talked well, to Cher. They have the same attitude, Cher and uh, Elvis, I guess. You know, well, really, it's your Elvis that is amazing, and you've created a whole act called Melvis, and you're one of a few female Elvis impressionists, impersonators, probably in the world. I don't know how many there are, but if people are interested in seeing you as Melvis, where would they see that? Uh, they can find it on Instagram, uh, or they can go to melvis.rocks and f 
follow all my links on social media there. As somebody but. who follows your Instagram page, I would say to the listeners that there must be 50, maybe even 100 videos of you as Melvin. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's a lot. And it's uh, people would have fun watching you do the king because you, be you definitely channel him. Yeah. Well, we have a, a hunk of hunk of burning fun over there. <laughs> and I want everyone to go follow my Instagram page, my Facebook page. Go to melvis.rocks. Have you performed as Melvis in live venues? I have, yes. Um, mostly backyard parties, birthday parties. It's a good but party. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I'd like to have Melvis in my backyard. <laughs> we could make that happen. Do you uh, plan to perform at Abbey Road on the River? I was going to say that might. You, you are. That you might do happen. have control over some of the bookings in the schedule. Yes, I do. Yeah. I don't know. We got to see if people want Elvis to perform. I need a backing band too. Well, what if band wants listening, to back me? Email me. Be Mel, be Melissa <laughs> Melvis's backing band. I, uh, I know that we share in common that we do both love Elvis very much and the Beatles, but uh, yes, yeah, I'm, I've been intrigued by Elvis my whole life and still am. I, mm -hmm. uh, so it yeah, is fun I mean to he's a fascinating person. He is a fascinating person. Yeah. When the movie comes out. Oh, that's gonna be awesome! Yeah, my guess yeah. is I'll be there the first day. <coughs> it's Maybe weird. I'll stream it I day. don't understand. A lot of people have like a a certain persona they take, like comedians and stuff. And I don't know why I could just speak like Elvis. I would I would do it as a joke years ago. I'd be like, look, I kind of sound like him, don't I? Well, you look like him too. And then is... when I put a wig on, I look like him. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. But then getting into the and you've got the costume, and you do the... The Wayne Campbell. And you do the... And the uh, Garth Elgar. Dancing, and... Oh, with Wayne and Garth is, is great. Yeah. Well, when we when you leave Abbey Road on the river, I, I hope it's not soon, but when it happens, I expect we'll be seeing you on... Uh, I hope it's not the... SNL? Well, yeah, I hope it's <laughs> SNL or Las Vegas or something that really, yeah. really does uh, showcase your talents. Um, we'll see. But right now, at hand, what we have to do is, <clears throat> unfortunately, we, we still have the mundane task of producing a festival. Mundane? I'm gonna, it's a I'm super gonna, fun task. What are you talking about? It is. I'm going to... I mean, uh, it's a lot, but <laughs> it's still fun. Well, I'm going to list off some of the things that you do, and then you can talk about it. You, uh, okay. You maintain all the band relationships. Mm-hmm. And uh, that Which means... Which includes... Well, yes. Contracts. Contracts, hotels... Holding day their hand day. when they have problems. <laughs> yes. Dealing with them when they hate Gary. <laughs> Sometimes. Sure. <laughs> Making sure they get paid. Yes. Yes. All the settlement. And, uh, and, and understanding just... where their whole, their essence. Yeah. Because you are a musician at your core. Right, right. And Derek does a lot of the, more of the production and specific details pertaining to their shows and amps and instruments and things like that which right. i don't know as well so no you're not a but i can still yeah you understand i understand it for to a certain and extent you do all of our uh creative and uh share the all marketing the responsibilities with Allie. Mm -hmm. uh, she she works with all the media companies and, and many of our sponsors but you also do too you yeah you handle the news well and I'll either yeah and i'll either create the 
creative. Yeah. Create the creative. <laughs> create the, the design that they need. The video, the script or whatever, and then all the digital advertising and the well, newsletters, the social well media. On your computer. You yeah. keep all your files in really good order. I have to label everything. Yeah, you're very good Especially the year before to be able to access pictures and stages and like what did what did that stage look like and what scrim did we use the here and what was our ad what was our thanksgiving ad last year what a black friday ad last year so you work uh, closely with uh, a few of our key vendors the, mm -hmm. uh, that are mostly the design team i think you have two or three people on the design team you have, you have sarah have, hank and yeah somebody else um well a couple that i've just Hired for right, one-offs. The, the girl in Texas. Yes. Right. Yeah, for the poster, I have a couple new logos and, Sarah, and you stickers. A day -to -day relationship yeah. With. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Emily does and Emily, so yeah. much too. Yeah. And I, it's funny because I don't have anybody who works under me, so to speak. But you've got you've built your own. Everyone works of, under you. Well, though. maybe. But you've got. You have the whole team. You. Have you're the, good at delegating. You've figured out how to get people to do a lot of things. Yeah, but uh, you started those relationships. Yeah, I guess I did. I guess I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you all the credit for all of this, and I just pick it up and run with it. <laughs> well, there has it's a to be relay a, race. You know, the the question is, where what are we going to do if there's going to be another year or another twenty years? And certainly, the the future of the festival depends on somebody like you it's not necessarily you it's up to you but well, you know we all know that uh I'm, I'm getting a little bit older um uh, the other things that you do though is um besides the marketing and the creative you're you're, you're a big idea person i've watched you literally sketch out ideas just sitting in a restaurant and you'll sketch something and then that becomes the prototype for a piece of art you know you you, you mm -hmm. do see things you know, in a, in a, in a three-dimensional way. Yeah, I can kind of see the whole project from beginning to finish in a certain way. We're lucky, like, Melissa Brum, that we, uh, we've we had some great people that work for this festival. We yeah. always have. Yeah. But uh, you're the first that's ever been able to um, make me think that it might maybe I'm ready to uh, stay home in a couple weeks. <laughs> and, and you, you can run the Oh, festival. man, don't give that all to me, though. No, no. <laughs> Come on. It's, we it's, need you. You know, I don't want to. I hate, I hate saying even something like women in events business because it's it's been happening that way for 30 years at least. Right. But it is a fact that women do the event business really, really well. And I look around at Live Nation and Danny Wimmer and AEG. Everybody's got... Women now all at the owned top. by men. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the men have the checkbooks and the women. Okay, men are well. still in charge. Yeah, well, I guess you're I'm right. Just but, kidding. But, but I am amazed though at the way, and I think that's going to happen to you if you stay in the business. Mm -hmm. I feel like somebody at one of the big event companies is going to, you know, want to see more of what you can do. But uh, it's but there's a lot of pressure too, and I think that. Uh, <clears throat> You know, knowing a little bit personally, I think that, you know, what you're able to do is balance your personal life with business. And neither one of us, we work hard, but neither one of us wants to work too hard. You know, and it's the reason I just do one festival. I don't want to be mm -hmm. consumed by ten. Yeah. 
It's a lot. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And uh, but know, most of these other companies have like teams of a lot of people yeah, they do. working day to day, and for this, it's just you and me. So it it's is more a fun. Big project. I used to when I was. It's in, harder to manage more people. When I was people. working in New York in the early mid nineties, yeah. just every day there was meetings, meetings, meetings with twenty people around the table, and it, the yeah. pressure was just too oh. consuming. <clears throat> yeah, I can imagine. We have enough pressure now. I would say <laughs> that in the last couple of days, we've been working, you know, fifteen-hour days on our twentieth anniversary commemorative booklet, which we mm-hmm. started. Well, the, the, we were with oh. the artist today, and she said she started in February. Yeah, February. And today is May third. But that's a totally supplemental thing to what we totally normally do this right. time of year. <laughs> yes. So it's very time-consuming. But back to like the women in music, like I. I used to be like really feministy and like I mean I am a feminist but like be like oh isn't it great all these women in music but I really would love it to just be like you're a person who works in music and you're really good at this instead of like having to highlight say, women in I oh agree. it's National Women's Month or International Women's Day or whatever I was uncomfortable like, even saying it that way but it's I know it's like it's not cuz women are particularly good at this I job agree. it's just like it, whoever's good at whatever job they do right. you know it's like i'm particularly good at this but it's not because i'm a woman but you in did any a capacity. podcast the other day with Allie and mindy yeah. and um melanie, melanie. and uh, livia's been with the team forever we've yeah. been blessed with a, a, a lot of uh people that aren't men that have been able to really do run this festival well so. it just helps to have the diverse perspective on it i think yeah. which is like well, I think Older women people, like the Beatles younger more people, too. huh? I think women like the Beatles a little bit more. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think we can make that generalization. Oh, okay, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I think I like the Beatles more than a lot of people, but. Um, What's your favorite Beatles song? My favorite Beatles song, "Let It Be." Yeah. It's always "Let It Be." It's good. It's so. I was watching poignant. Paul at the Kennedy Center Honors. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 2014 or 15, I think it was, and they were, the whole group was singing "Let It Be," and he looked up in the sky to his mother Oof. during that song, and you could just feel it. And then he turned around and touched Nancy, and I get a little teary-eyed just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Paul. Yes. Yeah. He's, Is Paul? Yeah. Who's your favorite Beatle? It's Paul. Is it Paul? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, I've always loved John so much, and. Yeah, I thought John was your favorite. But I can't not think about all the time what this man, Paul McCartney, has created and done and uh, how he continues to do it. It is like, yeah. I mean, I grew up with, I loved George first. It was always, always George. And then it moved to John. And I was like, John is the greatest. I love John so much. And lately it's been John or Paul because Paul is so iconic. I've always felt the people who like George the most. Are just trying to be different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I, yes, I actually, I do pride myself on being different. <laughs> so that's true. But you know, I've always said if I was, uh, if I had to, if I was forced, or rather, if there were, if I could see ten shows from the front row, and it was Bruce or Paul and Paul. Bruce Springsteen. I would pick Bruce seven of the ten times for the front row. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, so. I think I'd pick Bruce three of the ten times. You'd go with Paul the Bruce seven. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I'd see you at one of those shows. Uh, probably, yeah. If you're in the front row. But you're just saying Bruce or Paul? 
Yeah. Okay. I don't want to see anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> no other concerts. Elton I'm John, come on. Nope, no Who other else concerts is there? I'm interested in. I just like Bruce and Paul. And, yeah, uh, it's true. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, that is true. I, uh, but um, well, but I yeah, don't know if you want to wrap it up here. Yes, now. I think we should wrap yeah, it up. It's been great talking with you. I could probably do it for another hour. You, I want to let everybody know if they haven't figured it out yet that you're a big part of Abbey Road on the River, and we're very grateful that we got to meet you. And that you called us one day and said I'm a DJ. And it's, That's uh, how it all started. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's made it's made my job easier. Yeah. So thank you, Melissa, for I'm letting glad me interview. Thank you for interviewing me, and I'm glad that we sent that email too. I mean, I wonder if it would have happened without that. Like, but still, that was like no, definitely the wouldn't. catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I wonder that, like, if I would have been in that group to see that post to. Get the, you know, get the job. I, I, I will just tell you, I told the story in our 20th anniversary book yeah. about Washington. And I had had about about 20 or 30 or more emails that for some reason I just didn't want to read. And when Louisville ended in 29, I was sitting at my desk and just decided, oh, well, I'll look at these emails. And there was this one email that just looked like spam. And it was actually pictures of the Gaylord National Hotel in National Harbor. Mm. And that inspired me to call them and make a deal to move, not move, but add the event there. Yeah. So it is, it's everything is happening. Crazy. How, keep, like, yeah. just clicking open an email. You yeah. could have deleted it. I feel for me that's the story of my whole life. Um, yeah. You know, I met somebody at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the other day and started talking to him, and I think he's going to wind up working on working the event team. yeah it's pretty cool so I, i'm always able to you never know what's going to happen right. yeah, something will happen something and there's <laughs> wow. a great way because you came up with that podcast title no. paul came well up paul with came it. up with it but you heard it yeah, and every, we're inspired by everything it everything starts with paul everything starts and ends with paul He's, it's going to be his 80th birthday and I'm, yeah i'm not saying i'm excited for his 80th birthday because i hate thinking about the fact that he's 80 but i'm thrilled that he is a on tour and he is a healthy 80 mm-hmm. and uh somebody said in the movie yesterday i think um i can't imagine the world without the beatles i think that might have been the line or mm-hmm. i can't imagine the world without paul and i just you know yeah continue to hope him for him to be out there happy he inspires us yeah definitely so so does ringo i feel like we haven't talked about ringo who's that <laughs> <laughs> oh just boy kidding. we love ringo too we do Yes. Thank you for doing this. All right, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Something Will Happen. Remember that Abbey Road on the River is happening May 26th to 30th, 2022 in Jeffersonville, Indiana. To start making your plans, head over to AROTR.com. There you can see the full lineup of bands that are coming, check out shows we're planning, Book your hotels and grab your tickets while you're there. For the most up-to-date information, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll see you in May. Something will happen.